Sports with DLC. I'm DLC the Center. Today we're gonna be doing a lot of Ravens. We're gonna break down the Ravens Broncos game. Going to take you through the Ravens Steelers game. That's gonna come up in about six, seven minutes. We're going to take you through some highlights of the AFC North. That will be in about ten minutes. Some highlights from the NFL in about twelve minutes. And we're gonna also discuss today some very uncharacteristic things that happened in the Ravens game all coming up and more on Sports with Yosef. So the Ravens at home against the Broncos, it was Ray Lewis Day. Ray came out of the tunnel, did his squirrel dance in his gold Hall of Fame jacket, got his ring at halftime. The crowd was fired up, but the Ravens couldn't do anything early in the game. It happened right away. The Ravens, a three and out on their first drive. Sam Cook came to punt, and Tyus Bowser made a huge mistake letting the Broncos block Sam Cook's punt. Buck Allen for the Ravens recovered it at the two, returned it to the six where he was taken down. The Broncos took over, and Royce Freeman ran it in for a touchdown for the Broncos in the next play. But later on in the game, Justin Tucker was lining up for a field goal, and the Broncos hurdled the center and blocked the kick. And Jerry Sandusky and the crew for the Ravens were wondering, why wasn't that a penalty? And I've heard a bunch of different explanations, but the one that I believe it is correct and what was said, and John Harbaugh doesn't understand this, but what the officials are believed to have said was, the rule is that you cannot touch the player on the offensive line. And the Broncos just didn't touch it. He went right over him. I don't believe whether or not that is correct. That's not debatable, but that is what ended up happening. And the Ravens really don't make many mistakes on special teams, so it's really surprising to see. But it wasn't that surprising to see Justin Tucker now two fifty-two yard field goals for the Ravens. He is just so good. But the Ravens offensively, after that first drive, really. Just got into shape. Joe Flacco has really found his way with his new wide receivers. And against the Broncos, John Brown, five receptions for 86 yards, an average of 17.2. His overall average on the season, 18.5. His long on the year is 45. He has two touchdowns, 222 yards in the Ravens' first three games. And he's just been a really big threat for the Ravens. Michael Crabtree having a great season so far. He's been averaging 10.3 yards per catch. He's got a long of 20, only one touchdown, 155 yards, but he's just been a big third down threat for Joe Flacco, a guy who could, who's really just been able to get open for Flacco in crucial situations, and it's been great to see. Willie Sneed also been pretty good in 11.8 average. He's got, he's got a touchdown. Not as many targets as Crabtree and Brown, but Snead's done a very good job of just getting open and being a target for Flacco. And he's really one of the best slot receivers the Ravens have had for a while. I mean, yeah, they kind of had, had have had Campanero, but he's just had so much trouble staying on the field. But interestingly, someone who's not been doing that well for the Ravens, which is really surprising, has been Alex Collins. And yeah, he's only had 34 rushing attempts, but he has 116 yards in those 34 rushing attempts total. That's an average of 
He does have two rushing touchdowns and seven receptions out of the backfield, but Alex Collins was expected to be a workhorse, and he has just not been doing much for the Ravens. And I get it, week one against the Bills, why would you run him? Why would you risk injury? Also, he fumbled the ball, so Harbaugh wasn't that happy with him. Week two against the Bengals, he got nine touches there from the backfield, and they were behind a lot in that game. They were really just behind from the get-go, and yeah, you really can't run the ball as much. You really do have to throw it a lot more. But against the Broncos in the 18 attempts he got, he got 68 yards. That's a 3.8 average. That's really not what we've been accustomed to seeing from Alex Collins, and I think that's going to change, that he'll be able to put it together. But that is a little bit worrisome that he's just not been able to put it together at all. The Ravens against the Bengals really, really struggled. They just gave up sack after sack after sack, and a lot of people were worrying about, oh no, here comes Von Miller and Bradley Chubb. Well, the Ravens did a really good job against Von Miller. He had a, two tackles, no sacks. Bradley Chubb had a sack. But the Ravens did a great job against those two just to stop them. And it was really good to see. And as the Ravens, they're going into Pittsburgh next week. Sunday Night Football. It's going to be a great game. I can't wait for it. And when you look at that game, the last couple years, it's been a couple of different things. It used to be in the AFC North. You're going to maybe have the run the, a lot of running you're going to, it's going to be, it's always close. Almost always close. And low scoring, very defensive. Last couple of years, it's changed to more of shootouts. Versus, it's really Joe Flacco versus Ben Roethlisberger. And we've, I believe I've talked about this before. Where Joe Flacco does better in primetime situations. He really does very well in Pittsburgh. And one of the rules of thumb for the Ravens-Steelers game is... Ignore the record. Expect both quarterbacks to go out and play at the top of their game. And that's something the Ravens are very comfortable at. Playing in prime time and just dealing with that Steelers offense and defense. And one of the keys that's going to be very important for the Ravens to come out with a win against the Steelers is to continue the red zone success. They are 12 for 12 in the red zone. That's an incredible stat. 12 times they've been in the red zone this year in three games. They've got 12 touchdowns. And that's something the Ravens have really struggled with over the past. And it's honestly, they've it's been really good to see what that has done for this team. It's made it a lot more dynamic and it probably has won some games for them. Definitely won the Broncos game. If they don't convert... Let's just say on two of their tries in the red zone and they just get field goals, I say the Broncos win that game. But the Ravens are going to have to really just keep that up against the Steelers, and I think they're going to be able to do that. But a couple of keys for them stop Antonio Brown. You're going to ha Antonio Brown, Juju Smith-Schuster, they've just got so much offensive firepower. And John Harbaugh talking about Antonio Brown, he just said, that, yeah, he's great about it. His playmaking ability, he's can rate great routes. One of his best things are he and Ben Roethlisberger are one mind. He just they just work together really well and 
Honestly, you've seen so many times where Roethlisberger's got so much faith in Brown. He's just, like, he'll throw a pass where there's nobody there, and Antonio Brown somehow makes a catch, or he'll throw it to triple coverage. And he has faith in Antonio Brown, and the Ravens are going to have to shut down Antonio Brown without Jimmy Smith, which is going to be huge. They're also going to have to stop James Conner, and the way to do that is going to just be to stop the run. You're going to have to stop the run also without bringing extra guys up into the box. The Ravens have locked out. There will be no Le'Veon Bell for the Steelers, and the Ravens are going to have to go out and just beat them. They're going to have to make them throw the football and play pass coverage. And then the other key for the Ravens is pass rush. You're going to have to get a lot of pressure on Ben Roethlisberger and they're going to have to do it without bringing extra guys into the box because if the Ravens have to bring extra guys into the box, where's that extra guy coming from? The double coverage on Juju or the double coverage on Antonio Brown? That's just going to lead to big plays for the Steelers. The Ravens can't do that. And the Ravens have got to be able to convert on third down. They have to be able to run the ball. Alex Collins is really going to have to step it up. But if they can do all that, and I think they can, then I think the Ravens can come out with a win from Pittsburgh. Let's take a look around the AFC North and the big, big, big news around the AFC North is something which hasn't happened for 635 days. The Browns won. The Browns won and the Browns won. They tied against the Steelers in week one and they came out against the Jets. Baker Mayfield, his NFL debut came in the game after Tyrod Taylor was pulled. And he came and led the Browns to a win. But if you're a Browns fan, just be happy. And don't think that that's always going to happen. Because the Browns, they're not... They're facing the Raiders this week. So that is a good matchup for them. That is a very good matchup for them. I think they can actually come out with a close game there. I don't think they're going to be able to do it. Baker Mayfield is a little overrated. He was not playing a good Jets defense. But it was good to see if you're a Browns fan. And it gives you hope for the future. The Cincinnati Bengals went to Carolina and lost. So they're tied with the Ravens for first place. Both have a 2-1 and record. Although the... Bengals are ahead because they won the head-to-head -head matchup versus the Ravens. But the Bengals have had a couple issues, and let's take, they've had some big injuries. Joe Mixon, he's out. He, did, he didn't practice on Wednesday. Um, he had a knee injury, and he's not going to play. A.J. Green, limited practice, a groin injury. Giannavi Bernard, limited practice. He had a thigh. Tyler Eifert, he had a he had a back injury, but he was great. He actually full practice. Draker Patrick had a groin injury. He was limited. Billy Price, their center, didn't practice. Michael Johnson, defensive end, limited practice. Cordy Glenn on the offensive line, limited practice. Darquez Denard, limited practice with calf. And another big injury has been Glasgow. Ryan Glasgow, who's been doing really great for the Bengals, he's out for the season after tearing his ACL. And that's a big blow for the Bengals. The Bengals still have a great pass rush. They're going to have to overcome that and see how they're going to just be able to 
come back and without AJ Green, they're playing the Falcons. I think the Bengals lose this game, and we'll see what happens. But the Bengals, they need to get it together. The Steelers played the Bucks and won won their first game of the year as well as the Browns. But the Steelers are better than the record shows, and they're going to be able to put it together. And this is going to be a very interesting matchup to watch as the season goes on. As a 1-1-1 one, one one Steelers comes up against a 2-1 Ravens. And this is a huge game for the AFC North because the loser of this game is really knocked back a step in the AFC North. Because I think the Bengals are going to lose. And I think they're going to go to 2-2. Two two. I think the Ravens win their first place in the AFC North. If the Steelers win, though, they're back into contention because you're probably going to have Three teams with two wins in the AFC North. Maybe even four if the Browns can somehow pick up another win. So that'll be interesting to watch as well. Let's take a look around the NFL. And one of the biggest upsets you we've seen for a long time. The Bills dominate the Vikings when the Bills were on the road. 27 points put up by Josh Allen. The Vikings got a late touchdown. And failed a two-point conversion. But it's going to be tough. The Vikings got a late touchdown and failed to convert the extra point, but a huge loss for the Vikings, and their credibility has just jumped down as a lot of people are now picking the Rams to win in their matchup coming up soon. The Vikings-Rams. The Fitzmagic fails as the Bucks lost the Steelers. We talked about that, but Drew Brees pulled off another miracle comeback, and that was really incredible to watch as he just single-handedly the game went to overtime versus the Falcons. The Patriots are one win and two loss. And I'm saying that correctly. The Patriots are not in first place. The Dolphins are 3-0. They've had a great season so far. They are... In the first place in that division, as the Patriots, the Bills, and the Jets are all one and two. Is the Patriots regime over? What's going on there? We're going to be waiting to see what happens. It should be interesting as the Patriots play the Dolphins this week to get a big matchup and a huge matchup just to decide who will be in first place at the end of the year in the AFC East. Thank you for listening to this edition of Sports with Yosef. I'm Yosef Macinter. I'll see you next time.